the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. Today is Mother's Day. Woot, 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 woot. Wow, no one's excited about their mum. Love that. Amazing. Today, mums is so, so, so cool. And we're talking about three mums, three mums in the Bible that I think are really, really cool. And there's a lot that we can learn from. So the series we just finished doing was the story of Hosea. Now, I'm going to do something a little bit risque today. Uh, the reason it's risque is because, you know, when it comes to Father's Day, we're, we're very, very quick and open about talking about, you know, some dads aren't that great. Like, you know, vacant dads, terrible dads, and dads where kids would actually be better off if their dad just simply wasn't there. That's the kind of, like, thing that we're, we're happy to say when it comes to, like, Father's Day. We never really say on Mother's Day anything like that. We never really say it, which is kind of an awkward thing to do, really. I mean, I'm not going to be cussing people's mums out or anything like that. I understand that there's more school playground fights about mums than there is probably about any other topic. People can cuss your football team, but you cuss someone's mum, and then faces start getting punched in. So I'm not going to be talking bad about anyone's mum, but it's just today one of the things that I realised is that some of us whether we love our mums deeply, really happy with our mum, whatever, we may have some stuff that's just lingering that hurts. And I think sometimes always looking at, you know, everything's all together, everything's perfect, everything's hunky-dory, and just doing that every single year isn't always the best thing. So we're going to look at three mums. We're going to look at one mum who was a bit of a hot mess in the Bible. We're going to look at another mum who was in the most difficult situation but was a heroic mother. And you know what? There's so many mums out there like that, which is just the most incredible thing. And then the final mum is the mum who is mother to a child that isn't hers, which I just think is the most awesome thing, and that kind of stuff happens a lot today. So the first mum I want to talk about is like carrying on from the series that we've been looking at, Fifty Shades of Grace, the story of Hosea. He gets, ta- he gets told by God to marry an Ono, um, a woman on the corner of the street, and he goes out, he marries this woman, and they have three kids, and God lets him know the three kids are not going to be your kids they're going to be someone else's and as we looked at over the series Hosea's attitude he starts off really strong and he looks at the first child and he calls him Jezreel meaning God has sown so he's not thinking about the other man that has come and sown he's focused on this is a gift from God God has brought this child into my life regardless of the child's not mine I'm gonna love this kid I'm gonna we're gonna build this family we're gonna do this great 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 time and then the second kid comes and at this point Hosea is really struggling because once again you can see so clearly looking at the child the child isn't his and he's like no mercy like he feels broken he feels like he can't go on anymore there's no mercy and then the third child comes and at this point he taps out he can no longer do this super spiritual exercise of just looking past all these kids not being his and his wife running off everywhere and about the place and so he finally goes third child calls it not mine because you are not mine is what he says And then when we look at the parallel with the children of Israel, that's kind of a lot what it's like. God sows. God gave gave himself this people. And then there comes a point where there's no mercy, where we hit this this kind of wall where we're not going the right way, we're not connected to God. And then the third child, where we end up in this place where we've got away from God and we're not his. And so when we look at like Goma and her whole story and Hosea's whole story, the thing that struck me is that sometimes... Um, Some of the families, having worked with young people and children pretty much most of my life, um, one of the things you you tend to notice actually is a lot of the stories and a lot of the kids that I'd meet with who are kind of going to court all the time, um, going young offenders, um, all these sort of things, kicked out of school, 
you'd go to the, 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 the house, you'd go to the family home, and all of a sudden you'd feel like, oh, wow, okay, I can see where some of this stuff stems from. But the cool thing about this story is that God uses Goma, Hosea, and his kids, because she goes off, leaves the kids behind, and goes off and tries to live a new life. And, and it's, a, it's a kind of a weird one, because we never really talk about that kind of stuff. But later today at our East London location at four o'clock, a good friend of mine and my old boss, Dominie, is going to be sharing a testimony. If you're not coming to East London later today, I totally get that. Just listen online. We'll be putting on the app later. Her mum, when she was um, in her, I think, early teens, her mum just got up and left her and her five kids, uh, her five kids in total, all just done. That's it. Just went. Went away, left them. And that's something we don't really talk about on Mother's Day. And so her mum wasn't there. And then her friend from school took her in. And her mum takes her in and makes her her daughter. And she's got a really powerful story because actually this year, her, who she calls her mum, who isn't her biological mum, because her mum hasn't actually spoken to her in 15 years, but her biological mum passed away this year. And so Mother's Day for her today is a bit of a difficult time, but it's also an amazing time because her mum isn't someone that is actually her mum, but has taken on this role and been such an inspirational and powerful woman. And one of the things that we need in our communities today is we need so many strong and powerful women who are willing to step up and take ownership of kids that aren't theirs. And actually every single one of us has the opportunity all the time because I don't know a single person who doesn't know someone who, a, a kid or someone in the family whose dad's not around that much or whose mum is, is, is struggling, even if she's not, like, I'm not saying we all know a Goma, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying we all know someone who's in a situation where it's difficult and every one of us can step in and take ownership in our area where we live, where we can love on someone. And I just find the cool thing about the story is, I mean, that story is a hot mess. It's probably one of the biggest hot messes in the whole of the Bible, Hosea and Goma. But actually their story changes the course of an entire nation. And I think sometimes you and I, when we look at our life and our struggles and our situations and stuff that's going on, we don't ever really take stock and notice and realize that actually God is maybe doing something really profound and really powerful in my life. And actually, although this is a hot mess right now, I believe God not only turns it around, but uses it in a way that you start to see all these different lives changed. It was cool that I was meeting up with my old boss, Dominique, that I was telling you about the story. She works with young people and over the years, the young people's lives that have been absolutely transformed by her. Unreal, off the chain. Even while I was there, she goes, oh, you know, do you remember so-and-so, this young girl that I used to work with, one of the worst behaved kids there was in the, in, the, in the PRU that we worked at. She goes, oh, we employ her now. I was like, shut the front door. She takes me in the office, and there she is sitting there tapping away. And I'm kind of like looking like, no, do you know how many times I was in on meetings and conversations where they were going, we are not the right provision for her. Like, we are the provision where you send kids where it's all popping off. When it pops off, we popped up. And we're going, we are not the right place for this one. Hold on a second, we got this government funding to be the right place, not for this one. No. And I'm there like, you employ her? Wow. Okay, and then she's sitting there all nice and rain, telling me about how, how all my learners are and where they're at, because obviously, um, once you leave, you can't really go Facebook stalking kids that you worked for, that'd just be wrong, so I just sit and pray for them. But yeah, I want all of us to be encouraged that actually, sometimes the hot mess you and I see, actually, that isn't the end of it. Faith doesn't deny reality, faith denies finality. The situation you go through in life is real, but that's not the final word on that situation. The next mum I want to talk to you guys about today is I want to look at Mary. 
I want to look at Mary because it's just an easy win. We all know who Mary is. Christmas has just been and gone. But Mary is like Israel Teen Mom Season 1. You know what I mean? She is this young, young girl, early, well, mid-teens. And she is encountering an angel who is saying, you are going to be with child. It's nothing to do with any bow chicka bow wow, bow chicka bow bow. You're going to have the baby and um, it's going to be amazing and it's going to be the Messiah. Anyone at this point would be really scared because obviously she's engaged, she's going to get married to someone. And when they hear this in their culture, he's with every right to like just walk away and leave her on her once. He's got every right to walk away and go like, that's none of my business and sip his tea like Kermit the Frog. But yeah, I want to talk about Mary because I think a lot of us live a life a bit like Mary. I'm not saying any of us are like on that level as Mary because obviously Mary, you know, Catholics say Mary, mother of God and all that kind of jazz. But the thing about her is she was really young. She was in a situation that was actually really risque and really scary, but she faced it with faith. And actually, when I think about a lot of my friends who are mums, and you've got this whole different range on the, on the spectrum, different types of mums, you've got mums who apparently, like I've met mums who apparently are the ones that are gonna have it sorted and they have no idea what they're doing. I'm not even kidding you. Like, you know, you think like you have your kids, you know, if you have them in your, in your 30s or, or 40s and you know, you've lived your life, you've built up, you've got all that money there, there there's no risk because you can just take care of them, everything's in the bag. And I've seen them run around like headless chickens not knowing what to do. I'm not even kidding you. Like, nice house, nice family, everything's great, but they have no idea what they're doing. And they are in as much distress as some of the teen mums that I've met through doing youth work in as much distress. They're freaking out, everyone's getting tortured, everyone's having no sleep deprivation, children are designed like secret assassins to break you and to, to end your life. They are determined to not let you have a social life ever again. They're determined to take hold of every single area of your life. And there are these amazing women that I've met down the years who just don't seem to get broken like men do. It's no wonder men always run away. I'm not being funny, because like, man, the amount of times I've got to that point where I'm so, so tired, and that kid wakes up again for the 15th time that evening, and you're looking at them and you're thinking, I want to lock this kid on the balcony, and I want to shut that door, and then I'm going to lay down and sleep for the night. Man, I tell you, you get so, so, so tired. And when I look around at the women that I've seen and known down the years that have become mums, even as single mums in their teens, and the job that they've done, and the and the way that they've invested in their child, the way they've loved their child, and the credit their children are to them and how they've grown up and how they've flourished. I want to encourage somebody today because if you told Mary, man, if you told Mary how things were going to go in this moment, the angel's there standing saying, you are blessed and highly favoured, that all sounds great. Everyone loves going to a church service where someone stands up and says, you are blessed and highly favoured. But when you are blessed and highly favoured means you have to flee for your life and go make a new life in Egypt. You're not so blessed and highly favoured anymore. You don't feel it that much anymore. Do you understand? When you've had to move from your area and you've moved to there, and then when you leave Egypt to come home and you've spent all the gold the wise men gave you, and now you're living in the bits. When you were in a nice part before, you were in Bethlehem, you were living it up. Now you're in, now you're in Nazareth. Now you're in Galilee. Now you're where things are popping. Now you're in this, in this hot spot where you're worried about your kid and how it's going to grow up and all that kind of stuff. Blessed and highly favoured. Blessed and highly favoured. Do you want to know what's really cool? Is that God, I believe, this morning speaks over every single one of us that we are blessed and highly favoured. The great thing about being blessed and highly favoured is it doesn't mean everything in your life goes cushy around you. It doesn't mean that you're surrounded in a bubble of la-la land. It's not, it's not Hollywood. But what it means is, regardless of what you face, regardless of what situation you go through, you are blessed and you are highly favoured and God is with you and He will bring you through. 
Everyone loves sitting and listening to someone with a testimony. Everyone loves hearing like Dominique's story, but no one wants to walk through that story. And that's, that's one of the big problems we have. Everyone wants to have a story to tell. Everyone wants to tell someone about some insane testimony of what God's done in their life, but no one wants to walk through it. Because when you walk through it, you've got to step out in faith. And some of us, you know, this morning, me as well, you know, you're in that moment where you're like, man, I have no idea how I'm going to get through X. I have no idea how this is going to turn out and be okay. I have no guarantees that this situation will ever pan out how I desire to see it pan out. But we just step out and we trust God. We step out and we trust God. And with Goma, what I love is everything was a hot mess. And yet through faith, as she came back, the family stepped out. And they didn't just build a new future, but they changed the direction of an entire nation. I love looking at Mary because the angel says she's blessed and highly favored. But if anyone in that nation or society was going to pick someone that would have such an important role to play, she probably wouldn't be the one that they pick. She probably wouldn't be the one they turn to. The good news is this morning that there are people out there who wouldn't pick you, but God picks you. There are people that other people that look at you and go, no, I wouldn't pick that one to do this. But yet God looks at you and says, you are blessed and you are highly favored in all that you are, in all that you do. The final mom I want to talk about is probably my favorite character in the entire Bible. And if you have taken a moment to be a kid for once and get to do some coloring in, she's on the sheet in front of you. And actually every single mom today and every single woman today is going to get one of these uh, City Hill tote bags with her on. She's like my, yeah, I know, it's, it's pretty cool. She's like my, she's my favorite character at the moment in the entire Bible. I just, I just love this woman. She's an absolute hero. So she grew up in a world where her dad was God. He was the living embodiment of the God known as Ra. She was Pharaoh's daughter. And her dad had looked out at the nation of Israel living among them and said that they are many, there are too many of them. And when our invaders come and attack us, they will side with them and they will be too many and they will overcome us. There's a fear-driven story of they. You and I face moments in our lives and today, especially with Brexit and things like that, where we can look at the they's of this world and make decisions. One of the key things that I've heard my entire life is people say stupid things like, coming over here stealing our jobs. And yet, you know, never coming over here saving our lives when you look at the NHS and how it's predominantly not quintessentially British. We choose to see the narrative that we see. Pharaoh, her dad, saw the they and saw them as a threat instead of a blessing. He'd forgotten that actually it was Joseph and this people, the children of Israel, that came and saved their nation from starvation when they were teetering on the edge as a famine came. They'd forgotten the blessing that these people brought to them. So he makes a decision and he says, they're too many and we can't allow them to continue flourishing. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna kill all the baby boys and we're gonna throw them into the Nile. And I'm gonna make it law that every single Hebrew woman that bears a child that is a boy, we throw it in the Nile and kill it and every one of the girls gets left alone. He's gonna commit genocide and, and breed them out by having Egyptians marry Hebrew women. And he's gonna just get rid of their entire ethnicities. Ethnic cleansing. And while that's happening, she has this moment and she hears the law that her dad gives. And then it says this strange thing in the extra story. It says that she went and bathed in the Nile, which is an insane thing to do because she's Pharaoh's daughter. She has her own private luxury pool, like a, her own day spa. There's no reason she would ever go and swim or bathe in the Nile. It just wouldn't be done. No daughter of Pharaoh would ever be found there. But she's there and she's in amongst the bulrushes. And what's interesting is, is it says in the Bible that all her, her servant girls stood around the edge. They were all too scared to go in the water. Not because the water was dangerous, but they knew what the edict was. They knew what Pharaoh commanded and they all knew why she was here. 
She was here to do one thing and one thing only. She was here to do the exact opposite of her father. She made an intentional decision that she was going to enter into the water and she was looking for babies. She'd heard that her dad said that they have to be thrown into the Nile and killed, but, but this lady here, Pharaoh's daughter, she made a decision and as she was in the water, this basket goes past and then she says to her servants to fetch it and they, and they draw the baby out of the water and she takes the child back to her home. And we know the rest of the story. We've all seen The Prince of Egypt. If you haven't, watch it on Netflix. But Moses is used by God to deliver the nation of Israel from slavery. Over two million plus people leave slavery because of Moses stepping out in faith. But actually, there are some rabbis that don't attribute the win like you get in football. You get the assist. Some players get the assist. Sometimes like, no, I don't think that's his assist. And there's a dubious goal panel. Harry Kane always claiming goals aren't here. If the referee scored, he would claim it. If he scored an own goal, he'd say it should be a positive goal and added to his tally. He is just that selfish. The dubious goals panel in the rabbis, there are a couple of rabbis that say actually Exodus isn't about Moses, it's about this woman here, it's about Pharaoh's daughter. They say that Pharaoh's daughter didn't actually pull a baby out of the Nile, they say she pulled a whole nation out of the Nile. She pulled a nation out of the Nile. We never know her name in the Exodus story, but when you read through Chronicles, those that are traveling out into the new promised land, and as you read through all the names and the genealogies, you go through it, there's this name that pops up and it says Bithia. And it says Bithia, who was Pharaoh's daughter who left and went with them. Now Bithia is a Hebrew name, so there's no way that's the name she was born with. But the rabbis say that she got the name Bithia because Bithia means daughter of God. And they say that God looked down at Bithia and said, Moses was not your son, but you made him your son. You were not my daughter, but I make you my daughter. You and I have an amazing opportunity each and every single week. Every single week we have the opportunity to be like Bithia. Every single week you and I face the idea of actually one person making a difference, it doesn't really matter. What you and I do doesn't really matter. That actually the world is so messed up, what could I do that's gonna bring any change or any shift? Thankfully, Bithia risked her life facing her dad who could have had her killed for what she did. And she said, one person can make a difference and I'm gonna pull one baby out of the Nile. I may not be able to put them, pull them all out of the Nile, but I'll pull one out. And the one she pulled out is the one that pulled a whole nation out. And you see, you and I can have opportunities and moments in the weeks to come, in the days to come, where we can see people in our workplace that we can pull out of the Nile. We can see people in our family that we can see slipping away, we can pull them out of the Nile. We can see friends that we know are going through such a tough, tough time, and we can just come alongside them and love them pulling them out of the Nile. We can look at our kids, because you know what? Our kids make terrible decisions sometimes. My parents have had to pull me out of the Nile plenty of times. They're still doing it today. I want to encourage each of us today, whether this morning you've come and you feel like your world's a bit of a mess and you feel a bit like Goma, I want you to know that God will still use it for his glory and change a nation. If you've come to it like Mary, and you know what, things are, things are pretty good right now, but I feel God calling me to do something, well, I'm a bit scared, it's going to ruin my entire life if I do it. I want to encourage you that he's going to use you and it will change a nation. And then those of us here today who maybe have doubts about the fact that we could ever make a difference, I want to encourage you with Bithia today because she pulled one baby out of the Nile, she pulled a nation out. And I believe that today you and I have the opportunity around us to pull a nation out of the Nile. <coughs> Everywhere you go, there's just frequent knife crime and stabbing at the moment. Like, you and I can't make a shift in that. What we can make a shift in is one kid that we know that's teetering on the edge and make an effort to pull him out. That's it. That's all you have to do. 
Did you know that statistically they say that all it takes to change the direction of one young person's life is one significant adult? One significant adult, that's it, literally. You don't need a gang of adults all around them huddling in. You don't need like, you know, the government doesn't need to make any changes in legislation. No, 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 it just takes one adult. I know that for a fact because I've gone to court with, ad- with kids one at a time and stood up and the things that I've said have meant they haven't gone prison. I know it takes one adult. I've sat with kids who are teetering on the edge, they don't believe in themselves. And I've seen, just sat there and just prophesied, I see this in you. And then they start chasing it. I always talk about my boy, because I, I love him, whose dad wasn't around, and I used to take him out once a month, once every couple of weeks. And um, yeah, his whole life's different now. He's the henchest guy I've ever seen. What he does in the gym is insane. His first ever weights he lifted, ironically, were mine. When I was in my teenage years, I bought some weights and he started doing them. And now he's got like a sports science degree. And he's like a manager, manager of some gym. He was someone that, I went to his school and I used to do like some Christian assemblies and, and lesson stuff. He never came to any of it. He knew me from a youth club. But uh, the teachers, I'd ask them, how's he doing? And they'd be like, oh, he's a write-off. They didn't know that I loved him. They didn't know he was my boy. They said he's a write-off, he's got a degree. All it took was one significant adult. All it takes is one woman to, to pull a kid out, that's all it takes. So the reason we're giving these away is whether you ever come back here or not, or whether you go, wow, that was a waste of my morning. What happens is you walk away with this, and the challenge you'll be reminded as you take this with you, is you'll remember, you know what, man, I could just pull one out. I could just pull one out. I could just pull one out. So all I gotta do, just one. Just one, not five, not 10, one. Just one. I'm gonna pray for us today, and then I'm gonna start giving some bags out. Father God, I thank you for your grace and your mercy towards each one of us. I thank you, Lord, that actually the different moments in our lives where amazing women have changed the whole direction of our lives. Father, I thank you for my mum, who's serving at another church today and couldn't be here. I thank you for her life. I thank you for what she's done for me. I thank you for my wife, Lord, and all she's doing for for my kids because she's doing so much uh, input in their lives. But Lord, I thank you for everyone here today that's a mum, not a mum, or has a mum. Or for those of us, Lord, who are are grieving the the loss of our mum that our mum isn't around today and I just pray that you'd meet with us and help us to enjoy and to celebrate that which we've had. I pray that you would also inspire us, Lord, that as we go out from here, as we take these Bithia tote bags with us, Lord, we will be reminded of the difference and the power invested in each one of us, that actually we can just give someone our attention and our love and it can transform their entire destiny. I pray, Lord, that this day would be a day that isn't significant for anyone in this room, but will be significant for someone outside of it, that one of us pulled out of the Nile. In Jesus' name. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. Say